Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello. Okay, you are, are you there? I'm here. Hey. Okay, perfect. You freezing. I wonder. You're totally frozen, actually. Oh, my, do you think it is, like, is it this time of day? Is too many people using the internet? People are Zooming. I, my husband's doing it downstairs. I can hear, I can hear a conversation down there, too. <laughs> Is this not, is this our new normal? Because last week it was just fine. Like I could Zoom meetings, no problem. Yeah. Well, I've done two this week and I didn't, and I didn't have this problem. Yeah. And I did one at noon and it was fine. Well. Should we just do it? And if it's like laggy, it will always be a good podcast. What do you think? Or what should be a good idea? Yeah. Because if we have, if you have the audio, you could always just turn it into a podcast. Yeah. I like it. Oh, good. But I, people need to see your sweet face. (laughs) So hopefully it'll work. Okay. And I was just recording. So we'll just edit that part out. I'm so excited. Oh, Erin, I'm so excited for this. I just need your voice right now during this time of crisis. Oh, wow. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Of all. I'm like, Erin. But Erin, you have weathered storms. You have done this before. You can, you know what it's like. You have been to the other side. So can you tell me how you're processing all of it? Maybe I should have like, eased into it, right? Like I just pushed you in the deep end. <laughs> That's all right. So um, I'll, I'll explain a little bit. It feels yes. like a sort of an inside joke that nobody knows about. <laughs> What's happening? Um, so I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease three years ago, three years ago this month. No, has it been three years? Mm-hmm. I was hospitalized twice at that time. Um, And then I was able to go into remission and maintain remission for two and a half years. And then I uh, came out of remission very, very badly this fall. And so I spent all of, I started getting sick um, in October. And then by November, it it was really, really bad. So I spent three months in my house not being able to leave because because I was so sick and because my immune system was suppressed. Yes. Only leaving the house to go to doctor's appointments for MRIs and blood draws and CT scans and x-rays and all of that stuff. But that was the only time that I could leave. And so the whole time I had my kids at home with me right? Um, and I was overseeing their education and I own a business myself that I work from home. And so I was still trying to keep all of those plates spinning. That's so cool. all of this is feeling very familiar, <laughs> except that um, when it happened to me last fall, everyone else's lives like just kept going. And so it's really hard to watch life. And you know this from your own oh. personal experience. It's hard to watch everyone else's life 
just keep going and it's like you're trapped in this snow globe and all you can do is like look out <laughs> and watch everyone else around you so even though this is it is a very difficult time for all of us um it it's not as difficult when you have other people that are going through it at the same time so oh I think exactly. yes and that i think is so meaningful and just such a beautiful way of explaining the process i i think almost of like navigating anything. So this is what we're learning now is how to navigate changes in one's life that disrupt the normal patterns. Right. And so if we can learn it, we are changed forever, right? If we can get there. And I um, know that you did it with such grace um, three years ago. And I just, I can only imagine, and Erin, not only do you run your own business, you homeschool, mm -hmm. and you are an editor for a um, Wichita Moms, which is a giant platform. Yes. You do the thing of ladies. <laughs> so like, you know, I always think like the, the world is nervous around homeschooling for the first time. And Aaron's like, I got you. I can totally <laughs> do this. Well, I do have to say, because I have had friends who have contacted me, it's very different if it's something that you chose to do because you thought you would like it or it would be a good fit for your family. And it's a it's an entirely different thing to just have it forced on you. Mm -hmm. If you're all of a sudden yes. working from home when that was never your plan and you're also homeschooling and that was never your plan. <laughs> yes. Heaven help you. <laughs> Oh, that is so true though. Yes. Cause we're like, it is, it, I think choices make one feel secure when you have a choice in the matter. And so when you are forced into something, it does feel overwhelming. And it's hard to find the joy in it, even though we all love our children and we want to be with our children. We're also thinking like, I asked my friends last night, how many more weeks are left of school? <laughs> the answer was nine. It was higher than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't know. That's a very helpful number. Yep. If you just think, you know, I don't know. Maybe for me, it's helpful. It might not be for someone else. No. Nine weeks. But no, I think that is very, it puts it into context. When I also wonder, how you are working with your kids to process all of this. Because I think the stories we tell are the stories that they will remember. And the, and the narratives that we have will be the narratives that they, they carry with them. So what are you doing um, to help your children process all of this? We, well, we talk about the virus. <laughs> um, at first, I think we, we weren't talking about it as much in front of them right. because we didn't want to frighten them. But then it, when it brings the whole world to its knees oh. and it even, even if you're a homeschooler, your life has changed now. Oh. Like we can't go anywhere that we used to go. We used, and we used to go see our grandparents all the time and play with friends all the time and the cousins and you know, all of that. And so just trying to explain to them, um, they they took great comfort in the fact that the virus does not hit children 
as strongly as it does adults. So we kind of leaned into that, right or wrong, (laughs) um, to give them that security. And we just approached it from the angle of, uh, we talked about who all are the vulnerable populations. And so we would explain a vulnerable vulnerable population and we would say, well, who does that sound like? Oh, that sounds like grandma and grandpa. Mm -hmm. You're right, we're protecting grandma and grandpa. We would explain another population. Oh, that sounds like you and you know Miss Molly, my friend Molly, you people who have autoimmune conditions. Like, yes, exactly. I have two girlfriends who were just diagnosed with cancer um, at such a young age, one in her 30s and one in her 40s. And um, just for them to be able to put the names and faces of people who are in their everyday lives, because on the news, this is one of my little soapboxes, I guess not on the news, but on social media, people will say, well, it's just the elderly and people with immune systems who, you know, it's just these people. It's just if you have an underlying condition that you're more susceptible. And that just is somebody else's everything. Uh Oh, yes. It's, it's somebody's mom and somebody's sister, somebody's dad. And it, so it helps us to put faces to the to the names of the, of the populations that are a little vaguer so that they understand, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what, it stinks that we walk past the park and we can't play on the equipment, but we're protecting grandma and grandpa when we're doing that. Oh, you know? yes. And just and not, not trying try not to give them too much information, but enough so that they know that this is serious we've never done this before you know that's what they've asked us well you know what (laughs) when this happened when you were little what did you do when the coronavirus came and we had to tell them like this is so nobody knows we've never we've never done this before so forgive us because we're also going to make some mistakes that's it and having grace and i think um i would be interested in your take on how to give yourself and those around you who are experiencing great upheaval, <laughs> because sometimes it's hard. We want things to go a certain way, or we want, I think those of us who have had challenges or faced challenges and, or illnesses or cancer or whatever it may be, have a different perspective of mo- mothering. That That's it, true. Yes. Because we've had, um, some of us know that maybe our time is a lot shorter than we thought it would be. And some of us, like you and I in particular, have days that we wake up and we literally can't even walk. Yes. And it is very difficult to be a mother when you can't even walk. <laughs> yeah. So you have to learn how to be flexible. And I, for myself, really, it was about um, taking my expectations and dialing that back and then realizing that that was still too high and dialing it back again until it was something that feels very low. Yes. An expectation that feels very low, um, but that's actually attainable. And then to realize that everyone around you is also operating with the expectations of like everything that is expected from them that they need to do, but the reality of at what level can we perform at home with, you know, all of us on the Wi-Fi and 
I, my thing is just as important to me as the thing that my husband is doing downstairs. Um, you know, and just understanding that like no one's thing is more important than anyone else's. No one's like feelings are any more important than everyone else's. Like we all, this is kind of, it's leveled us all in a way that like, we are all very equal in this situation here. Um, and just trying to keep that in mind. Yes. It's incredible to me. Um, I think that your take on how our expectations need to meet, but there is sometimes that, that gap between mm-hmm. what you want and what you need to have your expectations be sometimes. Right. And meeting yourself at that point sometimes can be challenging and, and, and feel just overwhelming. Exactly. Because maybe you know like you and I, I keep going back to you no, and I, but, but I know like four years ago before I got sick, the level that I was able to perform at, at any capacity, whether it was running a half marathon or, you know, being able to balance all the birthday parties and all that fancy everything, like, and knowing that I'll never actually perform at that level again. So yeah. now I need to find this new level of expectation for myself and for everyone else. And that's kind of what's happening to everyone else around us now too, is, you know, yes, when you could drop your kids off at school and grab a latte on your way to your office and have eight uninterrupted hours to do your work, you were a badass. Yes. You're still a badass, but you can't, you can't expect the same performance out of you know, stay at home COVID, Jess, (laughs) as you could from, you know, four years ago, Jess. Like, it's just, you, maybe you haven't changed, but the circumstances around you have changed so much that they're limiting, they're limiting you. And just to be able to give yourself the grace to say, you know what, today I had two phone calls and I got an hour's worth of work done and my kids got their worksheets done. Exactly. <laughs> or whatever, whatever it was. I know all the schools are, you know, approaching things a little differently and parents are still up in the air as to what's going to happen. And that's on come Monday when most of the schools start up again, it's going to be like another wrench. It's just like the other shoe drops and that's then the other shoe drops and then the other shoe drops. <laughs> right? It, it, well, and I always say it will be something else. Like there will always mm-hmm. be another something, another shoe that drops. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to navigate and figure yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, it's so fascinating. Well, and I know that you know uh, we're filming this and we're in Kansas, but those on the coast they have already started homeschool. Yes, this, yes, this, this learning. I and and it's so fascinating to watch the way that we're all just navigating this. And I think there is such power in community, right? That we are able to take each other's examples and stories and voices and give us meaning to, and that that community. So I'm wondering if you could talk about what community means to you and ways that you're seeing it happen. I think right now, when none of us can actually be with each other, it's a very challenging time. Um, I'm seeing several of my homeschooling mom friends who are trying to chime into the conversation and say, hey, 
we know that you're scared. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reality is so much of what you do in your daily life is going to be homeschooling. You don't need like an hour of math, an hour of language arts, an hour of science, an hour of social stuff, you know, like tick, 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 tick all the way down. Um, it, it can be looser than that. It doesn't have to be that structured. Children are going to learn through play and through reading. And so I think having, having those voices like jump in and say, you know, you're, you don't have to recreate school at home. The schools won't expect you to perform at the level of the certified degreed teachers who were teaching, yeah. right? Because again, that's like, it's, I've seen all these moms and that's the expectation oh. that they're putting on themselves. Yes. I don't have a teaching degree. I'm not a teacher. And you know, bless your heart. Most of us aren't my, <laughs> I was a social worker, you know, I, yes. but I can oversee and I can say, no, now you watch this video. <laughs> Now you do this page in your book, right? You're just sort of kind of guiding them. Yes. True. The expectation is that I am not, you know, a certified fourth grade and first grade teacher. That's not, and that's not the expectations of the schools either. They understand that this is hard. Oh, I wish, I, I really want that message to be out there because we are just so I think we are a society of perfectionists mm -hmm. that really want it to be a specific way in a specific manner. And so it's really hard to recognize that there are many ways to something. Exactly. And it's hard when there are no, there are no rules for us to follow and everyone's making it up as we go along at this point, which means everyone thinks that their way is the right way. <laughs> So there's potential, there's potential for it to be, you know, extremely difficult, but, um, but I think that's where it just comes back to realistic expectations for yourself Absolutely. and for everyone else. And really just, you know, stay in your lane, keep your family, like, don't be looking at what all the other families are doing. Like, oh, well, look at her. They, you know, we, we start school early because my kids are like early yes. and I'm going to wait, you know, no, three hours and then start school. So we start school around seven o'clock. Yes. We, today the kids were done before nine. Usually they're done around 10. Right. Um, but then I have other friends who they don't even think about starting lessons until 10 because they're slower in the mornings and they, you know, they sip their tea and they read books or they, you know, do whatever they do. So it's okay to just figure out your groove and how this is going to work for your family. Maybe, you know, maybe you're not working from home. And so you have a little more flexibility in your schedule. Uh, maybe both parents are still working and you're trying to figure out yes. what that's going to look like. It's just, there are so, so many variables. Oh, um, yeah. It's so true. And, and just allowing yourself to, to, try and to to be kind in the process of mm -hmm. this exploration and testing what works exactly. for your family exactly and if your grand idea blows up in your face try something else tomorrow like we have the time <laughs> yes, 
We do. We have nothing but time. We have nothing but time. I do. I thought I was doing really well. Like I'm like working from home, right? I'm doing these interviews. I'm trying all the things. And um, Theo was up here when I was interviewing Jenny Ellis, right? And we got it. We got the interview done. And then he tried to cut my hair. He was so upset. He found scissors and tried like. I was like, I did not see that coming. And oh. so, note to self, it's like you just don't know how they are processing this as well. Exactly, exactly. And it's hard. It's hard for them, especially someone you know Theo's age. He's just four. The words and the and the emotions and all of that when they're when they're Henry's age, they can process and explain things to you and teach you, right? <laughs> Very, they, yes, they can really teach you and they have a lot to say about it. Um, but I just appreciate this because you also, do you have wisdom or just recommendations about how you work from home and what that looks like for those of us who want to be better at working at home or want to hear some ideas of, of right. ways to do it? Okay. So first of all, my first, this is not a joke. <laughs> I love this. I'm this so is not a joke. If you are working from home, you need to practice on your phone, how to be having a conversation and how to mute oh, your yeah. phone so you can yell at your kids. <laughs> and then I am not even kidding. <laughs> oh, Mr. Amen. Yes. <laughs> this is the truth. You're like, I've told you this. I'm just going to, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You exactly. And you, you sometimes you have, because you can gesture and you can point and you can make that angry face. But like that, my kids are like, what? Oh, what? So, um, that, that is, that is an honest to goodness tip. If I am talking with, um, a client or another business owner, who's a mom, I don't even, I don't mess with it, but there are times when people may not actually know that my office is at my house right. <laughs> and, there, and I want it to continue to sound like I'm a professional. <laughs> Absolutely. This is what we do, right? Yes. Right. So, um, so that's my big, I love my that. Big and I mean, like, if you want to like call your mom and just say, Hey, I'm practicing something, you know, I'm just practicing. And you know, did you hear me? Did you like, yes. Legit. <laughs> oh, no, um, is it? Other, yeah. Other than that, um, I personally do, I get my best ideas in the morning and I do my best work in the morning. Mm -hmm. And that's challenging because that's also when my children are their best selves. And that's when they are, you know, ready for school and eager yep. to learn. Um, so I've tried, uh, we're a little more lax now during this whole situation. Mm -hmm. uh, but my rule before was we get up around 530. Yep. Um, and it's kind of a slow process to get everyone through breakfast and everything, everyone, you know, my husband is trying to get out the door. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, from seven to eight, you can have free time, not screens, because that just derails their brain for the whole day. Yes. From seven to eight, you know, eight o'clock is when we're doing school. I need one hour in the morning to get out like whatever that idea was, or if I've got like fires, because I work in social media. So a lot of times overnight, 
you know, fires start burning and you got to put them out as soon as you wake up in the morning. Yes. And we go into school and we do school typically from about eight to 11. Perfect. And then we do lunch and then they have other activities that yeah. are, um, I don't structure them. Like this is when you do your chores and this is when you do this. Like they have a list of things that they complete. And then I give them the autonomy to choose, oh. you know, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather do my hour of reading now and then do my chores. Or, you know, I have one kid who will always take the easy thing first. And I have another kid who will always just swallow the frog and do the worst thing first. Of course. So, but, um, but then they get to choose and they feel like they have some autonomy. And then so in the afternoon, I get another two to three hours usually awesome. to work with their interruptions. Um, but anything that I need to do without interruption, I try to set aside that hour. I love in that. The very beginning. And my kids are older too. Uh, they're six and nine. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's harder if your kids are younger. And I know that because I've, you know, I obviously you, had them. I had a three-year-old and a, you know, a six-year-old that I was trying to homeschool while working. So yes. that's another thing. I've been doing this for years and mm -hmm. found a rhythm. So if you've just been thrown into it this week or last week. Like don't expect yourself to have it all figured out right now. That's just not fair. It's not fair to you. Oh, this is so good. I'm just like, I need to be writing all of this. Like I'm going, to, but I'll have this transcribed because this is so good. And that, that you've been practicing this. We know that life is like, we try, we find, our rhythm, our groove, and then we make modifications and right. we pivot in some way. And so here's the option and here's the opportunity for moms out there who are going through this. Mm -hmm. And it could be Corona. It could be, I don't know, your child breaks a leg or you get sick or right. you, know, you have to move. This is the reality of life is that nothing is set in stone. Exactly. Exactly. So we are always tasked with managing and figuring things out. Now I've tried to keep these under, and I'm just checking here. I've tried to keep these under 20-ish um, minutes so that people Fun. can listen in while they're, and you know how hard it is for us to not talk so much. But I feel like, um, and I'm double recording because I don't want to, like, I'm recording on Zoom, but also on my phone so that I don't miss this because this You're is so, so smart. When did you get so tech savvy? Oh, I'm just so right. Look at me from not knowing how to do an Instagram story to Zoom. I know. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Erin, I'm just so grateful. And I would love to check back in with you. Um, and just Absolutely. for if we're all still alive. Yes. <laughs> we're not like if I'm in the fetal position with seven glasses of wine down, we'll know that exactly. I'll try something new. Try something different. That didn't work. That's it. We'll <laughs> we'll just figure this out. But I want everybody to know that we're not alone. Like that we are all going through this. And it feels very alone because you're in your house with your <laughs> kids and your, you know, your shelter of it feels very alone. <laughs> yes. and, and I think when we have shelter in place, I have a client in California and I often think like when you have a shelter in place order, you mm -hmm. 
feel it's that no choice. And so you feel that from a psychological perspective, it's that, wow. Absolutely. And it messes with you. It totally messes with you. Even if under perhaps a different circumstance, you, you know, you would love to bring your laptop home and do everything, you know, without pants on, but just the fact that somebody told you you had to do it. No, it's a fascinating psychological exploration of how we resist. Have you read Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies? No. Oh, you, I highly recommend it. And everybody should go to list when the library finally reopens. Right? <laughs> I know. Or, but you could take her Four Tendencies quiz. And it tells you like how you respond to structure, order, change. Um, and I just am fascinated by what people, I, I, yeah. yeah. So I need to hear this. Yeah. Okay, Cause I'm going to guess, but I'm not going to guess on a video. <laughs> is that like how you're supposed to tell people what their Enneagram is? <laughs> you're not supposed to just guess. That is, I did Myers-Briggs in graduate school and I was always like, let me tell you a little bit about you. <laughs> Knowledge is, no. it's power is intoxicating. You feel like, yeah. whoa. Oh, Erin, thank you so much. I'm so thank grateful you. for your perspective and just the the wisdom that you bring around this i i'm so grateful and so in awe of your spirit and all the things that you're doing i'm so grateful well thank you so much this was super fun this we'll have to do it again we will next time we'll do like a virtual i i really think we need a happy hour or something yes and you I also wanted to talk to you about like navigating this with autoimmune and being on medication but do that some other day another topic for another day or another wait for it or we could just have a talk show we could okay we're gonna do an idea we've got nothing but time we've got got beautiful chairs beautiful couches we've got our blue we're we're pretty i know who knew we were so coordinated okay erin thank you so much i'll see you love and hugs take care (laughs) see ya bye okay if i can